and welcome to another episode of the Bakari Sellers Podcast. Today we have with us one of the most brilliant uh, people in journalism, covering one of the most brilliantly evolving beats, I can say, uh, with some interesting friends herself, but none other than Kara Swisher. How are you? Hi, how you doing? I'm not sure I'm brilliant, but okay, sure. Well, yeah, I'll take I mean, it. That's what the that's what the people say. We're so we're not. We're <laughs> I not don't know who right. these people are, but okay. <laughs> So look, we my show is decently unique in that we ask all of our guests the first question. Many mm-hmm. many times people see you, uh, they see you on podcasts, they see mm-hmm. you uh, on the on their social media feed, and they want to know how mm-hmm. you got there. So talk to us about the arc of your career and how you got to the beat you cover now. Oh well, it's a, it's a it's a very long story because I'm very old, but I basically was a beat reporter. I I I came up as I think the very best people that do anything, whether they comment on things or they become columnists, have been beat reporters who have just done news stories for years. And I started at the Washington Post, and I was covering many other things, including retail. And then I moved to tech there. I started covering early internet companies. Their AOL was in Washington, the Washington area. Moved to the Wall Street Journal, covered the beginnings of all of the tech companies. So I met all these people at the very beginnings of their careers. And there's been several cycles. So I've met them all as they've come up um, and then and have gotten to know them when they weren't rich and they weren't famous and they were startups. Um, and then I uh, evolved into starting my own company where we did our own media stuff online um, within the Wall Street Journal at first and then on our own, sold it and continued to work with Vox Media. Um, I had a stint at the New York Times for a short time, for a couple of years, uh, writing columns and also doing a podcast there. But mostly I now do my podcast for Vox, New York Magazine. Uh, one is about called Pivot. It's uh talks about the news of the day, tech and media mostly, but talks about politics and other things. And then and then uh, on with Kara Swisher, which is uh, the, an interview podcast, which is just the same as I had Recode, Decode. Then I had Sway at the New York Times. And now I have this on with Kara Swisher, just an interview podcast. So let's talk about the beach you cover because it's decently unique. Mm-hmm. I, just, I just had a. Uh... Oh, I'm a, I'm a Maul Dion's last name from the Wall Street Journal, but he covers financial markets. Mm-hmm. Uh, and you cover the business of the internet. And I yeah. guess the question that I that I ask is, I mean, that, that's a fairly new beat. There's not a lot of history there in terms of well, it dating back to the 60s or 70s, is it? And I mean, I'm, well, I'm, it's old enough. It's from the 1990s. You know, I again, I covered AOL at the very beginning, so it's it's been around for a long time. I mean, this how is has a, it evolved though? Is my question. What what have you evolved? Yeah. Well, it started off as startups, and now they're the most ten most powerful companies on earth are tech companies, really, pretty much. I think there may be one of Saudi Aramco might be might be one of the bigger ones, but ultimately, most of the most of the biggest companies in this world right now are tech companies, and then the richest people in the world are now tech people or may, people have made their money through tech. And again, except for the Saudis, that's, that's, that's the list. What's the next iteration? I mean, what's on the horizon? What do you see as being the next? I mean, I know we're having this conversation about right. chat, chat, GPT. chat and, and AI. Is that the next iteration of, of where tech well, is? Tech has undergone a lot of iterations and AI has been around. Let's be clear. This is not a new, fresh technology is just improving rather drastically in, in new forms and in formats. And they've added these large language models, they're called LLMs, that are just data, essentially. Um, and so, you know, the first iteration of tech was obviously the computer and computer uh, graphical user interface, which was critical for most people couldn't operate a computer, but then they could because it was easy to use through Apple largely did that and introduced that. Um, and then there was an iteration around the internet and the internet being created um, and using the internet and being able to get all kinds of information on these computers. That 
went on for a while and then mobile happened. Um, and that was critical people having all this stuff at their fingertips and carrying around with them. And then obviously apps came with that and a whole spate of companies like Uber and uh, companies that wouldn't exist without the app store, essentially, uh, again, Apple playing a critical role. Um, and now, and then it moved to social media with Facebook and others. And now it's in this, uh, in and search of course, with Google, and now it's in this iteration of, 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 of advanced, um, generative AI, which is a version of AI that is that will be much more commercial and will be used by consumers. Do you I, I know you saw the recent article in the New York Times about the individual who left Google and had yeah, all the great hint. Yeah. yeah. Um talk talk to me about what should the policy response be to AI? Should there be regulation? I mean what is what well, what would you expect from a, a a Biden administration? I have a friend who says that we need an entire department dedicated yeah. to well, a lot of people say that. Yeah, no, it's been debated. I just, you know, Sam Alton was just, he was the head of uh, OpenAI, which was an original company, which was done as a nonprofit in order to 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 focus on AI and where it was going. Um, and now it's has a has a profit arm. It has an investment from Microsoft. Um, you know, he just appeared in front of Congress talking about the need for regulation. I interviewed him about two months ago talking about the same thing. And so there's all these ideas of whether there should be an agency solely dedicated being debated by Congress being debated by a lot of FTC. Um, I just did a good interview with Lena Khan at the FTC, who most who who has to deal with most of this stuff with existing laws um, in place and is trying to do so around privacy, around uh, copyright, around all kinds of stuff, safety. Um, and so there needs to be, um, we have to start to enforce the existing laws um, and then we have to figure out what regulation is appropriate. Um, uh, Mr. Hinton, uh, who was at Google and worked on their AI stuff, you know, is worried since he's left. He's now telling us after building it that he's worried about the monster he's built. Um, that's fine. Um, but, you know, he's worried about things, everything from misinformation and disinformation to killer robots um, and how these and, and of course, job loss is another thing. But every single technological revolution comes with job loss and creation. Not all of them come with killer robots, though. Kira. No, <laughs> no. There's been killer people do just fine killing each other. It's over the centuries. True. I'm gonna pick your brain about misinformation and disinformation mm -hmm. in a, in a okay. moment. But but beyond government, how should we be thinking about tech? How should we be thinking about AIs? AI for ourselves, the good, the bad, and the ugly. Well, there's a lot of good. There's like if you think about, there's been a lot of AI being used to fold proteins by Google who, and making real advances in in all kinds of areas. Drug discovery is going to be transformed through through this. Um, just basic the way you live. It. How do you imagine? Like you don't use maps anymore, physical maps because of I Google even maps. Imagine. Do you remember? Right. You yes, remember? I do. Yes, I'm old. Yes, I have. I have them in a box. But it, it's that industry was destroyed, and yet another industry was created. And so you don't even imagine. I always say this, when the internet was started, everyone's like, what is it, Kara? And I'm like, it's everything. It's what's the world, the trees, cars, roads, people, houses. Like, I don't know what to tell you, volcanoes. Um, so you don't, and the internet, you don't know what it is until it became, you didn't, you wouldn't have imagined, say, an Uber before that, like until things got into a place, you might've been sci-fi have thought about floating cars or whatever you, or the Terminator or whatever comes out of sci-fi, but you don't, we don't know what we're going to use for. What I'd suggest is that people, you know, it'll, it'll say PR releases. You don't need people to do those anymore. You never, they weren't any good anyway. So why not let a computer figure out the patterns and write them, put it, put in some inputs. Um, you know, you just, there's all kinds of things. So I'd suggest people using any one of them. There's one from Google called Bard. There's one chat GPT, obviously there's it's integrated. Now I was, 
what was I doing the other day? And it suddenly AI just popped up and asked me if I needed help with something. I'm writing, oh, it was an email in Google. Like, would you like help in writing this email? We used to like suggest words, right? Would you like to finish the sentence? Now it was like, let me compose the email for you based on what I'm seeing here. And I was like, no, I don't think so. I'll be good. I'm usually going to say no or yeah or okay. Uh, I don't need help with that. But um, but it's starting to it'll be integrated. It's integrated into Spotify as a as an AI DJ. You know, knowing it, they were sort of doing that before. Now they're making a marketing thing because everyone has to say they're an AI. In 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 Snapchat, which has some controversy, there's um, my AI, which will help you and be your friend and stuff like that. So it, it'll iterate in lots of ways, and you'll see it in places you never noticed, or it'll be there integrated into services you use to make them easier to use. For example. This episode is brought to you by 7-Eleven. What if I told you you could get a big snack almost anywhere for less than five bucks? Let's talk 7-Eleven's $3 big meal deal with seven rewards. Big meal deal is a big bite hot dog and a large big gulp drink, and you won't find a better snack deal anywhere else. Here's what I put on my hot dog. Mustard. And that's it. That's it. I love a hot dog with mustard. Maybe if the chili, if I'm feeling it, if I'm feeling crazy, maybe a little chili, maybe a little nacho cheese, but I'm a hot dog and mustard guy. But if that sounds like your kind of bite, visit 7-Eleven, valid through 1725. 7-Eleven has the right to end this promotion early, plus tax, applicable on large, big gulp only. Participating U.S. stores only. See app for full terms. All rights reserved. This episode is brought to you by Viore. I love sports. I know you do too. I also know that lots of you exercise, but if you're like me and my wife, the the beloved sports gal, you're sick and tired of ugly, uncomfortable workout gear, especially, you know, I do a lot of walking. I walk around LA, I make calls, I listen to podcasts. Here are two words that will change everything. Viore clothing, a line of activewear that is unbelievable. The best thing about Viore is you can lounge around in it. You can work out in it. You can go outside. You can go shopping down in your local wherever. And you never feel like you're either underdressed or overdressed. You're just comfortable. You can wear it when you're training, traveling, lounging around the house. Go get yourself some of the most comfortable and versatile clothing on the planet. Here's the deal. Our listeners get 20% off their first purchase at viori.com slash Simmons. Once again, V-U-O-R-I.com slash Simmons. Two, two policy questions that frustrate mm-hmm. me that I want to see if you can help me kind sure. of unravel is, is with these new iterations, with the future of AI, et cetera, do we need to worry about, because I do, the exacerbation of that technological divide we have in this country and the haves and have nots? And then the other question is about diversity. I mean, we talk about those companies, we talk about the founders, and there, yeah. there's a lot, there is a lack of diversity. There is both, indeed. Both have you noticed? And- I've been noticing that racial. for 20, I've been writing about it for 20 years. Yeah, like, I know. Hey. So I wanna, uh, how do we how do we fix those those kind of those issues, those structural issues that are that are tailing tech as we I, go? Into the I US. honestly have been writing about it for decades. You know, I either the only people that are intelligent in the universe are white men, you know, straight white men, or something's gone wrong here, right? That's the, you gotta have one of those chances. And so I think these people tend to favor people that look like them. It's not, I don't it's sometimes it's malevolent. Often it's just they're comfortable, you know, it's just comfortable, just yeah. continue, you know, and then there's they they argue about the STEM and there's not enough people in this area, but why would you go into an area where people are hostile to you, right? Or you're they don't accept you or that you have to meet standards they don't have to meet themselves. 
Um, and the, and so there's all kinds of ways. Obviously, you start at the very beginning by getting everybody comfortable in science and math, right? That's sort of like and improve those programs, and then start to create companies that are run by people that look like you. I mean, it's the same thing that happens in movies, or you know, um, and and then it has to make money. You know, like yes. someone came up to me years ago and they're like, "Well, if there was a Marsha Zuckerberg, maybe you know." I was like, "Really? Like Marsha Zuckerberg was was supported by a." support system that went on for decades he was able to do what he did because of the way he looked and everything else besides being smart i you know i, I assume most people are smart and and people that have at least completed college are well educated um in to be able to do this stuff or moved on to things and so i think it's really important for the government to support math and science obviously give more money to innovative companies and loan them money and doing much more um the government has sort of stepped out of that role of helping uh fuel things and to give people to to sort of look around the world and think of it as a talentism thing versus a place it's not it's not because they're in silicon valley they're smart there's talent everywhere across the world um and then of course you build better products because one of the things that i i say over and over again is the reason many of these services haven't been safe is because the people who design them never feel unsafe so why would they design safety into the why what are you talking about what i never get harassed i never get racist remarks well why would you you know and then the minute you say something they're like stop insulting me like like I, I, I'm triggered. I have, I'm not able to say what I want. It's very funny, you know, when they get one tenth of what other people get on a daily basis. I want to, I want to switch topics uh, mm -hmm. and talk to you about your your favorite uh, president of the United States, number forty-five, uh, <laughs> <laughs> Donald Trump. Talk to me about the Trump Town Hall. What, what were your, what were your feelings about that town hall? I know you. Oh, I, I wrote a long. Thing. And I do interviews. I've done thousands of interviews. I thought it was problematic from the start. I don't think anyone should being on the stage with him alone, I think was problematic. I think they should have had a delay because he lies so extensively and we have to stop pretending he doesn't lie extensively. Um, you know, when you get to repeat a lie over and over again, it, it's it, it it ultimately gets in the bloodstream of the of the society. And journalists tend to hide behind the, well, you see, he said he said election, he still believes in election lies. I'm like, I knew that. Like, I don't need that. I don't need him to say it again. Or, um, you know, he said he'd stop. He said he'd, um, you know, he'd end the Ukraine war in a day. I'm like, that's news. I'm like, it's idiotic. It's except to say that's idiotic. That's all you really need to say on that issue. Or how? In a day? Really? 24 hours? How are you going to do that? Explain to me what you're doing in those 20. And are you going to eat during those 24 hours? Like, it's very hard to interview someone who lies so extensively and persistently. But do you, do you avoid them? I mean, do you? Do you no, I mean, I, no, I think they should do interviews with him. I just think there was that particular one was everything came together. One, it wasn't time to lay two. One person on stage trying to slap back lies. She tried very hard. She did a very good job, but I think it's impossible. So you need to have a two people on this guy because you know he's like you know he's like a crazy person in an in an institution. He two people on him to hold him down essentially, um, and he doesn't care. He doesn't care. He does doesn't not care. care. 
Well, you, it, when you have someone who wants to destroy or make a mess, it's like you have children. If they're intent on making a mess, you, you, you know, I don't play basketball. There's something with zone on zone defense. I don't know. You need more than one person. I'm pretty sure my son plays basketball. He'll kill me for talking like this about basketball, but I don't understand it whatsoever. But, you know, you need that. I think tape delay is a great idea. I think the audience was clearly a fail on their part, like not vetting the audience correctly. Even the governor of, 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 um, New Hampshire, who's a conservative, was like, wow, that was a bunch of crazy people I know, Trump people I know, or big supporters of him. He was like, what the heck was that? Everyone there is like MAGA full time. And if he's saying it, you know, it's a problem. Yeah, I mean, what are, you, what are your thoughts about having a 78-year-old and 82-year-old running for president? Not good. Not good on either of them. I'll be honest with you. I mean, it's really I'm old myself, but I certainly am. A, I see I'm like a you, you've said that six times and I don't know I'm what 60 you're 60 years old. I'm six years you're old. Not 60 years. I old. am indeed. I look Are, great. What are you I doing? Know. Drinking water and minding your business? Yes, I, I am. I am. I am. Um, did just this use of drugs? No, um, no, uh, it's uh, it's it's a problematic thing. I think that's the same thing throughout Congress, you know, the Senate. I mean, the Senate is old, you know, I mean, we have this controversy about Dianne Feinstein. She's clearly. She doesn't she, know where she is. She doesn't know where she is. Right. And stuff, you know, everyone, anyone who's had an elderly parent gets that right. Understands that. And so I think, you know, we should be nervous. One is one is old, older than the other by six years. The other is obviously unhealthy, um, you know, and looking unhealthier by the day. And so you have this situation where we have this gerontocracy running our country and not to be insulting but they're not going to be around for the important things right climate change or but also i mean it. also we just had a full conversation about the future of tech and how mm -hmm. that is an extreme part of extremely growing part of our culture and community right yet we have people who don't understand it trying to regulate some it. of them do that's not actually true some of them do i just think Chuck that it's grassley like, does not understand no he does not <laughs> he's <laughs> not i but better than other people i'll tell you that in congress he's not that bad um he's he's a co co-sponsor of several very good bills that did not pass congress that amy klobuchar she had him on a couple of them but um you know i think you need a younger governing people governing younger. I'm sorry, you just do. Um, and I think it's important, especially because that's the stakes are more important for younger people. I do believe, and I think Biden is right in experience and wisdom. There certainly is some, not everybody gets wise by the time they're old, but there is a certain calmness that is good. Um, but at the same time, it's that we have two essentially elderly people running for president is, is a question. It makes me worried. This episode is brought to you by Thomas's. Thomas's presents Technique with Tom. Slicing an English muffin with a butter blade? Boulder Dash. Just pull apart with your hands and marvel in the nooks and crannies splendor. For each one is unique like a snowflake. Thomas's. Huzzah! A toast to breakfast. This episode is brought to you by Viore. I love sports. I know you do too. I also know that lots of you exercise. But if you're like me and my wife, the, the beloved sports gal, you're sick and tired of ugly, uncomfortable workout gear, especially, you know, I do a lot of walking. I walk around LA, I make calls, I listen to podcasts. Here are two words that will change everything. Viore clothing, a line of activewear that is unbelievable. The best thing about Viore is you can lounge around in it, you can work out in it, you can go outside, you can go shopping down in your local wherever, and you never feel like you're either underdressed or overdressed. You're just comfortable. You can wear it when you're training, traveling, lounging around the house. Go get yourself some of the most comfortable and versatile clothing on the planet. Here's the deal. Our listeners get 20% off their first purchase at viore.com Simmons. 
Once again, V-U-O-R-I.com slash Simmons. This episode is brought to you by cars.com. When you add your car to your garage on cars.com, you'll unlock access to real-time insights into how much your car is worth. Plus, view its historical and projected value to decide when to sell. So when the time is right, you can secure an instant offer from a local dealership or sell it yourself on cars.com. Start tracking your car's value with your garage on cars.com. One of the more nuanced takes you have is on your old friend, a current friend, uh, Elon Musk. Not a friend in any way. Never was a friend, but okay. okay. I covered him. I know him very well. You know him very well. That's probably the subject is probably better. Yes. Is is that a better term? Yes. I call him someone that I used to know. Talk about the evolution of 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 Elon Musk from the the ideologue visionary who created Tesla mm-hmm. and SpaceX and all of those things. Well, he to- didn't create Tesla, but okay, he's like Steve. J- he didn't create it. He he wasn't the technical person. Ex- yeah, explain. Yeah. He also <laughs> got a lot of government loans. Let's be clear, he's a government. Oh, okay. Speaking of government funded, Elon Musk is the most government funded entrepreneur but, in, in history. But I want to talk about that evolution into like this this conspiracy theorist mm-hmm. type guy who embraces. Yeah who embraces, you know, the, these theories and is offended by the fact that we thought somebody who actually had swastikas on them was a white supremacist attack in Texas. Yeah. He's talk just, about talk about gaslighting. He's like perfected it as a, uh, as an art form. Um, you know, he was not like this. Everyone's asking me, how could I have platformed him and been so positive? Because I was positive on him. There's a lot of, uh, early in his career, he did some amazing things, creating SpaceX and Tesla. He didn't create Tesla, but he, he, you, he just did. explain that. Give me the one. There give me were the two th- other people who founded it and then he got involved and invested in it. And then, of course, marketed it and brought it. You know, he's very technical. I'm not saying he's not technical, but Steve Jobs wasn't the technical background of Apple. It was Steve Wozniak. But that's that said, he was able to bring it into into prominence and to grow it into an, a major company. And that is <clears> no small thing to do that. Um, and SpaceX, the same thing. I mean, he was, he's been critical to that. And these are really inspirational and interesting companies. And even though Tesla's really facing a lot of competition going forward, it's going to have a real rough road moving forward. Um, it was, it pushed forward electric vehicles. It did it hundred percent. He deserves every bit of credit for it. What I think is the problem is that he used to have you know, 90% of his personality was focused on really cool things and, and, and real reaches for him and for humanity. And it got to his head, like he's God or something, right. That he's a a God. And and now he's, and he had 10% that was obnoxious. I remember thinking when I was interviewing once, it was in his forties. I've been about 10 times, at least, you know, in public settings. And I've talked to him dozens and dozens and dozens of times over the many years since when he was an entrepreneur with something called Zip2, which is Yellow Pages on the web. That's what it was. Uh, before he got to uh, got to X.com, which was then sold to PayPal and this and that. Um, so he's I've known him for a long, long time. And he was always interesting. But then when he did Tesla and SpaceX, I was like, wow, that is cool because everyone else is making a stupid dating service or a laundry service or something dumb. And this guy is reaching for the stars and for energy. I was like, wow, that's cool. Um, and so I spent a lot of time talking to him because very few people were doing these very hard things. And during that period, I thought, oh, he's a little dramatic. Like I'm sleeping on the factory floor and I could die. And I'm like, okay. Sure. I work hard too, by the way. And, you know, he he did a lot of drama, but it was fine because it was kind of cool stuff. And then there were issues like you saw the racial issues at the Tesla factory and not uncommon to the car business. Right. But still horrible. Like, and he sort of was obnoxious about it. And, um, you know, every now and then you'd see him pop off and 
I'd be talking to him and he'd say something kind of gross and you'd be like, you're in your forties and you're making poop jokes. Okay. All right. Sure. Like whatever. Uh, someone didn't raise you quite right. I think it's what I thought at the time. Um, and it was, I was like, "Mm, that's really tasteless. Okay. Whatever. You're kind of a jerk in that regard, but he was still doing really cool stuff. And then like something happened, whether it became, you know, Twitter, Elon, something happened where he has decided to let that become 90% of his personality. Right. And so the minute he wades from Tesla, Elon or SpaceX, Elon, which is about real things, making real things go and into media, which it means being enraged, keeping people enraged. He became the character that he made up there, which I think is sad. It's really sad to watch um, because he's wasting his considerable resources and energy just wanting to say anti-Semitic things or posting Pepe racist memes or not. He didn't post them. He comments on them and he elevates them. Um, you he know, was anti-Semitic towards George Soros. He was. That was a direct hit. That was. That and, was and it was silly because you're mad because George Soros dumped all of his Tesla stock in the first quarter. I would say that would be the reason, although he would say, no, it's because I believe this. But it seems like, you know, his yeah, anger with Biden, it wasn't because he voted for Biden. Here's why he wasn't invited to this car summit. And he was mad. He should have been mad. But of course, this is how it manifests. And so it's always about based on some weird little peak, like weird little strange peak that he has over something. What's the That's why he's not talking to me. He thought I tweeted something I didn't. Whatever. Now I've gotten kind of mean to him. So I guess he has a reason. What's, not the future? To What's the future of Twitter with this new CEO? What can you tell us? Well, I actually... I didn't predict it. I knew it. I tweeted, this is the person he's going to pick. You tweeted. Um, you tweeted I that. I don't want to know how you knew that. I, but I, was uh, like- I know her. I know her pretty well. She didn't tell me, um, but I know her and I know what he was looking for when he said she. Um, I had heard rumors that he was looking at her among other advertising people, which I thought was a surprise because he had been insulting advertisers and kicking the people who are paying the bills in the teeth quite a bit. That was a, an interesting way to attract business. Um, and so I was like, huh, there's only a couple of people. And the people I thought he could pick, most of whom wouldn't put up with him, just would be like, fuck you, you know, and they were rich enough to say fuck you. And so that was one thing. I was like, no, she wouldn't do it. She's she doesn't have to, there's not enough time in the world. And then they were saying Cheryl Sandberg. I'm like, no way. No she's, way. She's a billionaire. What does she need this headache for? And besides, she's been tarnished enough with her Facebook experience at the end. Um, and so I was just sitting there. I was like, oh, it's her because she had she had done an interview um, with him at an event relatively recently. And we had talked, we emailed very briefly before it. And and when she did it, I was like, oh, this is a job interview. She's kissing up to him. This is interesting. And I was sort of surprised. And I was because she's, you know, she's a very good ad salesperson, very well respected. Um, and I was like, oh, she's doing a job interview. And then when I heard that it was a she and that she was in the mix. I was like, oh, it's her. Because she's, and also I hate to say it, compared to all the other people, she's more acquiescent than other people. She'll, she wants to, she wants the job. And, um, and she, she's not as rich as the other people. She probably would like some money. Um, and the lastly is she also is, happens to be quite conservative. And so mm. it fits in with his current new worldview, which was much more, centrist i would say he calls himself centrist but he's absolutely not centrist anymore he was he certainly was i I would i never knew his politics before recently will twitter ever um will twitter ever make money i mean will twitter be around in 10 years 
I think every company goes by, you know, you remember AIM, you remember MySpace, you remember AOL, you remember, they're there, but they're like shadows. Exactly. AOL was the bomb. Yahoo was the bomb. Everybody, you know, whatever it goes away. I think he's not doing what it's going to take to make it into it. It certainly occupies a space with political people, as you know, and media people, not so much with celebrities anymore. They're pretty much off it. Sports people are moving off of it rather quickly. Um, so, I, you know, it'll have a space. It's a good place for instant news, but it's like, wait, now it's the, the product has degenerated significantly. I would say I'm getting a lot more porn in my feed, which is not. That was the weirdest product. thing. I don't know what that's. It's yeah, like, well, it's cause there's, 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 yeah. there's a seventh less people working there. People, there were people stopping that and now they're not. Um, I'm getting a lot of anti-Semitic stuff, a lot of racist stuff. And, and I had to turn off comments because I didn't know who was who, because everyone has these dumb blue checks. But of course, he's that's not even a good business for him. He's failed at that business. So now he's going to try advertising again. And then he's going to say something racist or anti-Semitic or anti-trans or something. And then poor Linda, Scup- uh, Linda Yaccarino is going to have to go. He didn't mean that. What he meant was, you know, she's going to spend all her time and eventually they'll give her money because she's well-respected. But if it doesn't work and then on top of it, he's he says something shitty and we'll be back to square one. She'll be back to square one and she'll, she'll not, she'll regret that for herself. I, I could, like her. I like well, her very much. I wish her the best of luck. Cause I loved Twitter. I love Jack. Yeah. Jack became friends. Did Jack, you? I'm not as big Jack a fan. That was a, 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 just a, I don't know how he was in the tech world. He was just like a very cool. I think he is a cool cat. He is a cool cat, but you know what? He's let Elon in the door and, and didn't, and misjudged him too. Now he's like, Oh, I misjudged him. And all of us were like, really? Really? I, mean, I, I don't think he misjudged him. I think he saw $975 million going on. Perhaps, in. maybe. I don't know if he's as motivated by money as other people, but um, I think he should have been a full-time CEO. I, that was my quibble with him. Um, is that he, a, he, was a, he was a full-time CEO of both companies though, right? That's, but he wasn't. I'm sorry. <laughs> I don't mean to be rude, but give me a who What other industry would allow that's bullshit? It's just bullshit. It's just bullshit. A, a white man get away from bullshit. Though. That's just, correct. That is correct. That is correct. <laughs> Thank you for saying so. Because... Well, the Pivot Podcast is one of the best things going. Mm-hmm. Uh, Thank you. Tuesdays and Fridays, right? Uh, it is, and then on is on. Oh, oh my God! I'm gonna I'm gonna blow it. Mondays and Thursdays. Yeah, I have four podcasts week, and then the Succession Podcast that's almost ending. Uh, I do a, so, uh, a podcast. That was my last question for you. Yeah. What makes Succession the best show on television? And what do you make this for season four? Oh, it's great. It's I have seen the whole season, so I know what happens. Hey, but, well, just because you have a podcast on it, they, they let you see the whole thing? I do it for HBO. I'm doing it for HBO. Yes, indeed. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's I'm great. Jealous. I'm jealous. Sorry, pro- it's good. It's good. What, what other projects do you have working on? And you how know, I kept the it? death secret. I'm sorry if this is a spoiler, but if you haven't watched it by now, too bad on this one. But I kept that a secret for months. I was like sitting there like, oh, my God, this is so good. Um, but I, I'm going to work on some other podcasts, but I really have enjoyed success. I think Succession's a wonderful show. It's so beautifully written most, so beautifully by written. lots of people. Jesse Armstrong, its creator, is such a huge talent. And they, they're like directors like Mark Mylod and actors like Sarah Snook and uh, Matthew McFadden and Jeremy Strong and Rona, uh, uh, Kieran Culkin. Culkin. Um, and of course, um, the man who plays Logan Roy, uh, Brian Cox. It's just like, I mean, even the side, every character, Jay Smith Cameron is amazing. And so it's just a really beautiful, it's, it's a, a, a group of great actors with great writers with, uh, just a beautiful direction and 
it's so great. It's such a good show. So it's it's a lot like Sopranos. I would say it's in that range of. I just shows yeah. I mean, I, it can't end like Sopranos, but that's all I'm other. <laughs> There's no blackout scene. I'll tell you. That. <laughs> it's like that was a weird. The Wire is <laughs> the best. Black. The, the Wire is the best show ever created. But yeah, it's- another one. Oh God, he's such a talented guy. That oh, guy. he's a very. Talented. He was a reporter. Speaking of beat reporters, reporters. And you've had a little experience with Succession. And, and you, I mean, yeah. I think that there is a, a scripted series in your future where you're writing about the yeah. taking Yeah, depth. there is. There is. I've <laughs> talked about it. Yeah. Yeah, I'm working on one. It, it'll be good. It'll it'll be funny. I'll be a little funnier. Than, Succession's not very funny. Not it's very like, funny. what? What did they say to out. each other? <laughs> I know. I know the, the uh, last one, episode eight, really upset a lot of people. The presidential yes. election. It really, because everyone's like, it could happen. Don't give them ideas. And I was like, really? It's fiction, but I know what you mean. Not really, but not really. I get it. I get it. I myself was, it was very uncomfortable. So. Well, Kara Swisher, thank you so much for spending. All I can right. talk to you all day. You're such, such a calming presence. I Even am calm. bombs in there. I love it. Yeah, I'm sorry. <laughs> no, don't, please don't apologize. I use them enough on this show. Thank you for joining the Bakari Souls podcast. Thank you. 